This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome to San Francisco City Insider, the San Francisco Chronicle podcast on the people and politics making headlines in the city by the bay. I'm Chronicle columnist Heather Knight, and I'm here today with Stefan Torres Esquer, a 30-year-old special education teacher at Lowell High School. He loves his job, but not the low salary, which barely covers the essentials in one of the world's most expensive cities. In fact, his quality of life hasn't changed since he was a full-time student working at Chipotle to make ends meet. Teachers like Stefan are at the center of a big fight at City Hall over how to spend a surprise $184 million windfall. Mayor London Breed wants to spend it all on homeless services, while several supervisors want to use it to backfill the parcel tax money voters approved to raise teacher salaries that's now tied up in court. Supervisor Matt Haney was on this podcast recently and talked about why he wants $60 million to go to teacher salaries. The very least that we can do, in my opinion, is pay the teachers what we promised them in the Prop G parcel tax to get a, 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 a much needed but and, and significant but not huge raise, which won't happen unless um, we find an alternative source of funding because the money is tied up in a lawsuit. When we come back, we'll talk to Stefan Torres-Esquer, the recent winner of California Educator of the Year, about how he's trying to make ends meet in San Francisco. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Well, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Great. We're happy to have you. You teach special education at Lowell High, which sounds like a really tough job. Can you kind of walk me through what your day-to-day is like? Yes, uh, it is very crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so much fun. Uh, but definitely a lot of work, a lot of um, a lot of planning, a lot of uh, managing. So I manage a staff of adults. I also manage uh, an entire caseload of students who have what we currently refer to as moderate to severe disabilities. Mm -hmm. um, so my job description is insane, <laughs> and um, you know I, I work all hours of the day and night. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's, it's it's worth it for me because I love what I do. What time do you get to Lowell every morning? Uh, I used to get there around 7. Uh, now I get there more like 7.45. Uh -huh. uh, now that you got the hang of yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm getting the hang of it. And, and, you know, I have a lot of systems in place that I didn't have before, lots of um, lots of uh, organization that, that maybe was lacking during my first and second year. And so I think now I'm able to sort of come in a little bit later, uh, leave a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. But uh, even still, you know, it's it's a lot of 
work and it's a lot of, um, you know, late nights and early mornings. So you get there at 745 and when do the kids show up? They get there at 830. Mm -hmm. And how many children are in your class? It depends on it depends on the time of day. So I have uh, 10 students on my caseload. But depending on the block, on the on the school block, it uh, it varies. So I can have anywhere from 10 to sometimes I have 15 kids in the Mm -hmm. class and and it can be uh, crazy. Crazy is just the (laughs) only word I can think of to describe (laughs) it. Uh, But it's so much fun. And and it really is a lot of it's a lot of fun to to be um, a part of this population that I work with, it's such an underserved population. Right. It's a population of people that a lot of times, you know, they're left behind, they're forgotten, they're excluded and ignored. And so to be an advocate and a teacher and a friend and, and um, to really create change in, in you know, in the world, I think, is, is so much, it's so much fun. And uh, so sometimes they're bigger classes, sometimes they're smaller, mm-hmm. uh, but it's it's always definitely... A good time. What sorts of disabilities do the students have that you're working with? So my program is an autism-focused program. Uh, however, like I said, I have students coming in and out all day long, and so I see a little bit of everything. Uh, you know, the the disability labels that I think a lot of people recognize: uh, Down syndrome, cerebral palsy. Uh, intellectual disability. So I, I see a little bit of everything mm-hmm. uh, throughout the day, uh, which is good because I, I enjoy seeing it all and I enjoy learning about all of the different kinds of students that there are mm-hmm. um, so that I can continue to advocate uh, and I continue to educate and I can continue to cause change. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I really think knowledge is power and that's something that's really lacking in the world. Uh, when we're talking about special education or disability is, is you know, we, we don't know enough about disability and we're not aware mm-hmm. uh, and we're not educated. And so I feel like being educated myself will help me to educate the rest of the world um, and hopefully change the world for the better. That's awesome. I know that teaching is a really hard job in and of itself and teaching special education students is a whole other layer of yeah. challenge. So how did you decide you wanted to do that in the first place? Uh, I, I have, I, so my grandfather is a teacher mm-hmm. and he would take me around with him to all of his classes. And I was, you know, a little kid kind of helping him. Make that was growing up in Stockton? Growing up in Stockton, cool. yeah. Um, and he's really been a, a big influence for me in general, uh, not just with teaching, but um, just as a person, as, mm-hmm. as a professional. Uh, but it really sort of got me into the door. I knew that I wanted to teach, uh, but I also knew that I, I, I knew that I did not want to be a general education teacher. Um, I considered a couple of different options. I considered English language learners, and uh, and you know I really just have always been sort of down for the underdog. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and like I said, this really is such an underserved population, not just in our schools, but in our communities and the society that we live in. Mm-hmm. Uh, this population is one of one of the populations most in need of love, most yeah. in need of support and guidance and um, friendship and all of those things that all of the rest of the world sort of takes for granted a lot of times. Right. 
And in November, you found out you won a big award called the California Educator of the Year for the Bay Area region. So congratulations. That's Thank a big you. deal. Uh, what was that like to find out that you'd won? It was, well, first of all, finding out that I was even nominated was uh, so exciting, so uh, amazing. And then I went through a series of, uh, of events where I had to give speeches and, um, you know, that in and of itself, like I said, was so fun and exciting. And, and as a teacher, you don't really get that sort of uh, attention or praise most of the time. And so when I, when I finally found out that I had won, uh, first of all, it's just, it's such an honor. Mm-hmm. It's, it's truly such an iconic award. It's such a, a prestigious organization. Um, and so to be the winner out of all of the teachers in California, uh, you know, it's just such an honor. And it's also, it, it is for me such an opportunity to expand and, and it gave me access to a whole new platform mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, I didn't have access to before. I wouldn't be here at the Chronicle <laughs> if it weren't for that award. Um, and so really, truly, it's, it's been such an exciting uh, time in my life. Um, I'm a special education teacher, but I typically don't identify as a teacher. I like to think of myself as sort of an innovator, a game changer, um, a visionary. And so uh, I spent, I worked extremely hard for many years building sort of a public brand Mm -hmm. where I'm, you know, with the intent of uh, creating inclusion and awareness and and visibility for people with disabilities. And so uh, I think this award is really going to give me access to a whole new uh, audience, mm-hmm. and I'll be able to expand on all of all of those things I've been working on, and and really uh, promote the idea that uh, people with disabilities need to become a part of our communities and our uh, of our society and of our pop culture. Um, my slogan or tagline is taking the dis out of disability, and I plan to do that all over the world. And so this is just sort of a stepping stone, um, not just, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. again, I'm very honored. It's, it's such a huge thing, but I'm, I'm so excited because it is going to be a stepping stone yeah. into the next level of that. Great. And you grew up in Stockton, right? I did, and yeah. What brought you to San Francisco? I went to San Francisco State University, so I came here for school. Um, and I, so I came here for undergrad. I stayed for my, for my grad program, and I'm about three years out now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got so your master's in teaching? I, I got my master's yeah. in special education. Special education. Yeah. I got my uh, teaching credential and a deafblind certification, so um, specialization certificate. And so, you know, I, I came here for that, and then I, I stayed for the community that, that I had, you know, become a part of mm-hmm. um, at Lowell High School. And, uh, you know, it's it's been it's been good it's been it's been i think it's been amazing an, an amazing opportunity to learn and to grow uh and obviously i i am so ex- I, I i don't know that i would have won the award you know the educator of the year award had i not stayed and so i'm i'm really happy to have been here for the amount of time i've been here yeah and I've written a lot in the past about how San Francisco Unified School District pays teacher salaries that are on par with towns in California where it's a lot cheaper to live. Um, yeah. So San Francisco teachers make roughly the same as teachers in Dixon, Salinas, Gilroy, and other towns where housing and pretty much everything else is so much cheaper. So first of all, uh, a nosy question, how much do you make every year? Uh, I make a, So I, I was making about 55 
thousand a year, uh-huh. um, and then the I, I did not check the the number again. I'm okay. so sorry, but there there was a change. Um, there was there was a slight raise, um, which I'm extremely grateful for, mm-hmm. and and um, of course any little bit helps. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, like you said, I could make that amount in so many other places in California, mm-hmm. um, including Stockton, where I'm from, where my family's from. Which is insane to me because the the you know the the amount of money that you pay to live in San Francisco is is so different. Um, but we're getting about the same salary, uh, which just makes it hard. You know, it makes it right. hard to survive, um, and it makes it hard to live your life as an adult. So, how do you afford life in one of the world's most expensive cities? What's your living situation for starters? Yeah, so I live in a house. Uh, I live on. It, there, it's a house with three levels. I live on the top level with uh, three other roommates. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately, I have my own room, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm able to. Um, it, well, and the, the second part of it is is I love the people I live with, and so I think that really allows me to be okay with the situation. Mm-hmm. Is that I really truly enjoy the people who are in that house with me. So you said it's four roommates sharing how four many roommates, bedrooms? Uh, three bedrooms. Three bedrooms. Yes. But you've got your own, so I have good. my own, yes. <laughs> how big is your room? Uh, about 10 by 10, 10 by 9, wow. something like that. Small, <laughs> Small yeah. yes. Um, there's no closet, so that's a little bit rough. Um, Where do you keep all your clothes and stuff? So I bought a... Uh, I don't know what you call it, sort of like an armoire. Mm-hmm. Um, and so everything I own has to fit on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's, it's um, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to complain. I realize mm-hmm. that there are places in the world where people are barely making enough to feed themselves. Um, but, you know, like you were saying, it, relatively speaking, when we're thinking about all of the different places in the world, mm-hmm. I mean, or sorry, in California, you know, I worked really hard to get where I'm at. Yeah. I have, you know, I, I got myself through school without any financial support from my family. They, they, you know, they would have paid everything if they could. They, mm-hmm. they couldn't. Yeah. And so I, you know, really worked worked for years on my own to get my master's degree and my teaching credential. So you've got some pretty big student loans. Well, I again. I'm, I'm so to answer the first question. I'm very frugal, uh-huh. <laughs> so that's uh, that's one of the one of the reasons why I'm able to survive and and be okay here for now. Mm-hmm. Is um, I, I I really work hard to spend as little as possible, mm-hmm. um, and to to save as much as possible, and to really just sort of distribute my money in the way that I think is um, the most beneficial f- for my future. So mm-hmm. uh, I started paying those loans as soon as I could. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also worked really hard. Like I said, um, I worked at Chipotle for years mm-hmm. during school. And um, so, you know, I... Tr- I and just, you said your quality of life isn't very different than when you yeah, were working so at Chipotle. <laughs> my yeah. life has not changed very much since my <laughs> Chipotle days. Um, it's changed very little. Uh, you know, I I don't, you know, my life is no more luxurious, really. Uh, and when I was at Chipotle, I, I lived in a, in a house with uh, four roommates. <laughs> sounds familiar. Yeah, it sounds familiar. <laughs> um, the house is a little nicer now. And, uh, you know, you don't have re- a car, right? I, I don't have a car. That. And yeah. you don't really travel. I don't travel and at all. And you don't really go out to restaurants. 
Um, sometimes I do. So I, I that so I think one of the one of the activities that I don't have as much guilt about is going out to eat because I feel like that's that's a time when you, you got to do that in San yeah, Francisco. <laughs> yeah, and you and you know that's that's a way to sort of bond with friends because you can have conversation mm-hmm. and, and you can try new things. But apart from that, um, you know, I, I don't do a lot just yeah. because it's just so hard and and I'm always thinking about how much money do I have left? Mm-hmm. Is my card going to go through? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Can I pay my, you know, my rent and my phone if I go to this ice cream museum or whatever it mm-hmm. is, you know? And uh, so that's, that's, I don't want to say tough. I mean, it's, it's, you know, again, I realize that I'm very fortunate in a lot of ways. But, you know, when, when you're a grown adult who's worked so hard, you know, again, like for your, for your mm-hmm. undergrad and grad school and you did it on your own and, and apart from that, I'm working so hard and in the position that I'm that I'm in professionally um it is hard to look around and see my friends who are doing other things and mm-hmm. other career mm-hmm. careers and they you know sort of live in a way that feels more adult yeah and I'm still sort of living that college lifestyle um in your 30s and struggling yeah 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 um so november um last year san francisco voters approved a parcel tax for teacher raises which is in some doubt now legally um but i know that you guys have started receiving um those bumps in your paychecks has that made any difference to you or does it still feel like the same old chipotle days yeah i uh, so (laughs) um i'm very grateful for any little bit any any little bit counts for sure um twenty dollars would make me happy you know just uh, (laughs) any anything and i also want to just honor the people who've worked so hard to get those small changes going Um, i'm so grateful that that's going on uh but in the grand scheme of things it i mean is it changing my life drastically no, or at least not yet. Mm-hmm. Um, is it going to provide me the opportunity to uh, build my savings account or purchase a home or build a future in San Francisco? Probably not. And so as much as I'm grateful for all of these changes and all the people who are fighting for these changes, it's it's only getting harder to live in San Francisco mm-hmm. As a teacher, because our cost of living is going up faster than yes, it's these insane. Parcel taxes could ever make a difference for you yeah. guys, right? Um, do you see yourself being able to stay teaching in San Francisco much longer? Like it, when you envision your life in five years, are you here or somewhere else? You know, I I can't imagine staying that long. Uh, I I have been actually really struggling with that recently. Um, you know, the more, the longer I stay in San Francisco, I just feel like I'm wasting money. I feel like I'm wasting opportunity. Um, and I feel like I am keeping myself from a bigger, brighter future. Mm-hmm. I feel like staying in San Francisco means I'm sacrificing savings and I'm sacrificing, you know, my ability to to purchase a home or to, um, you know, take care of 
my family or to have something for myself when it's time to retire. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I do feel like my time is ending here, not because I don't love the school that I work at, not because I don't love my students. Um, and really, I've lived my whole adult life in San Francisco. All of my friends are here. All of you know the connections that I've built professionally, um, everything is here. And even still, I can't see myself staying much longer mm -hmm. because of the money. Right. And obviously, the students you teach are always going to need somebody with very specialized education to teach them yes. who's never going to make more than you are yeah. now, or at least not much. So it seems like we've just set ourselves up for consistent turnover. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very sad. And, and it's, I think it's been going on for a long time. And I don't see an end to it mm -hmm. anytime in the near future. I think it's just an impossible situation. Um, and it's, it's also just very unfair, I think, mm -hmm. to, to expect these people to dedicate their lives to this profession that requires so much of you, so much sacrifice, so much talent, so much, um, you know, so much giving of yourself. And, um, you know, to go home and know that you might not make it to the end of the month with your paycheck, or you might not have enough to, you know, go on a trip with your family. And and for a lot of people, like I said, I'm very lucky. I'm, I'm a frugal person, and um, and on top of that, I don't have anyone else to worry about. I I'm single. I don't have kids. I don't have any major, uh, you know, ailments. I don't have family members who need money from me. So any one of those things could mm -hmm. drastically change a person's ability to survive. And so all of these teachers who have wives and kids and husbands and, um, you know, mothers who are sick and, you know, with cancer and they don't, you know, no insurance or whatever it is, it's impossible. It yeah. is absolutely impossible to survive comfortably in San Francisco that way. And so why would you stay? So currently at City Hall, there's a big fight over how to spend a surprise $184 million in windfall money that pretty much landed in the laps of City Hall. Mm. And currently the mayor and several supervisors want to spend all of it on homeless services, which of course we all know is desperately needed. But um, there's a group of supervisors who say no, a third of it, $60 million, should go to teacher salaries. And that hasn't been decided yet. They're still um, duking it out. So if you could give a message to the mayor and the supervisors, what would you say? I mean, I think I think it's really important to, to consider the fact that this profession is so important in the past, present, and future. Mm -hmm. We need teachers. We need people in schools. We need good teachers, mm -hmm. not just, uh, you know, brand new teachers who are going to leave in two years once they realize that they can't make it as an adult. Um, we need good teachers who are going to stay for the long haul and really build a better community, um, it, which, you know, could eliminate some of the homelessness in the future. Mm -hmm. we, we need teachers who can support these young people to grow up and do amazing things. And we're just not going to get that 
with the current situation. Um, we do need more money. And, you know, not even, again, not even, I'm not even talking about people like me. I'm talking about people who have families, mm -hmm. people who have their lives here, their roots here. Those people need more support in order to continue to support this community. Right. Uh, and without that, who knows, you know, how much worse the situation will become. Mm -hmm. And who knows how many more teachers are going to leave San Francisco, uh, you know, and, and how many more students are going to suffer that loss. You know, every year it's a new staff. Every year it's, it's new people in there. Every year it's a new system. There's new rules, new expectations. It's, there's no consistency because teachers cannot afford to be here in San Francisco um, for their, you know, for their own well-being. Right. Well, I really appreciate all the work you do for kids in San Francisco, and thank you for coming on the podcast thank today. Thank you. Thank you, Stefan torres Esquer, for being on the podcast today, and for King Kaufman for producing it. And thank you for listening. See you next time. San Francisco City Insider is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief, and Dominic Fercasa is this podcast's producer. If you like this show, please subscribe and give us a quick review wherever you get your podcasts. Support San Francisco City Insider and a lot of great journalism with a print or digital subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe. <laughs>